Hello and welcome back to The Everyday Entrepreneur. In this episode, I was able to interview Timber Ridge Fireplace who actually built my fireplace that I have in my personal home. In this episode, I interview them on how they built their fireplace business, their background and how they jumped into being entrepreneurs. They talk about how you just have to do it. If you're looking to start your own business, you have to watch this episode because we talk about really what it takes and it's not a whole ton. Welcome to the Everyday Entrepreneur Show. My name is Cameron Ure, a real estate agent, investor, and entrepreneur. This podcast is for the everyday person all the way to the CEO wanting to build, grow, or scale their business to the next level. Our goal is to educate, network, and motivate so all of us can become everyday entrepreneurs. Welcome everyone to The Everyday Entrepreneur. I have Ron and Lisa from Timber Ridge Fireplace here with me today and I am so excited to have you guys out. You have personally built a fireplace for me and it was the best fireplace I've ever seen in my life. I am so excited you guys could be on with me. How are you? Good, how are you? Doing great, doing great. So I have several things I wanna talk to you about because of your background and how you've built your business in the short years of it being alive necessarily with your awesome background coming from the industry. And so give me a brief overview of how long your business has been in place as Timber Ridge. So we've, we've been in place for three years. Mm-hmm. Started four or five months before COVID. Yeah. Uh, COVID had us running scared for a minute until everybody started moving to Utah. <laughs> and our business blew up. Yeah. While everyone was uh, sheltered in place, so to speak. We were unnecessary or uh, business. Yeah. You uh you benefited from the Yeah, yeah. You benefited from the the stimulus check that came through. People were like, Why would I not want to spend this on a fireplace? And Correct. and boom yeah. your business grew from that, there. We do think that a lot of people like they couldn't travel. They uh-huh. couldn't go anywhere, do anything. So it was like, Well, we might as well do our home remodel project. So Yeah. Yeah. We felt like for two years nonstop we, we didn't take a breath. It just took off running. Yeah. So I know this is probably a double-edged sword type of question, but do you feel like you hit the gold mine of there's a lack of service providers for this type of product for a full build-out of a fireplace, or do you also feel like the market with the stimulus package, with people wanting to remodel their homes, also benefit your business growth? Yeah, it's a good mixture of both. Um, when we first started, of course, we couldn't, couldn't see that coming as far as mm-hmm. COVID goes. But uh, I knew there was a niche market for fireplaces, for a full-service design yeah. and build fireplace shop. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been in the hearth industry for about 15 years wow. previous to opening our business. And I saw the need. And the good thing about the fireplace shop, you have a product and a service, so you yeah. benefit from selling the product, obviously, mm-hmm. and then and then 
with our service, full service, we can go out and install them. And yeah, amazing. Design, install right up to the finished product. Cool. So I have a lot of people that talk to me or reach out to me about building a business or growing a business, and they have this idea, and you obviously had this idea. You've been in the industry forever. But what were the steps you took to really identify the need in the market and to start your business? Because a lot of people just don't really know where to start. And so how did you take the first step into it? Um, I, I went into a distributor. Okay. It's a Napoleon distributor. Mm-hmm. And talked to them about opening it, you know, being a dealer for them. And they were, they were very helpful in that they provided some products to put in our showroom and gave us pointers on, on what to do. And then I kind of looked at the market along the Wasatch Front for a gap. Mm-hmm. And so we ended up being in East Layton, right at the, pretty much at the base of Weaver Canyon. So we service Ogden Valley and Morgan clear into Camas. Okay. Uh, we've gone as far as Preston, Idaho. So All mainly northern course. Utah, mainly Salt Lake North is where we provide most of our service, but we, mm-hmm. we're always looking to expand. Yeah. I think the market's slowing down slightly, so mm-hmm. we just see a need to expand our boundaries. Totally. And that's what we're looking for. That's awesome. So you honestly just took a step towards something talking to a distributor and that really that first step is what got you rolling because you got some items to place in your showroom and then obviously you had the skill prior to and when you found a customer you could put two and two together and timber ridge was birthed out of the pretty much thin air obviously it was 15 years of incredibly long learning years of obviously learning the industry perfecting your craft but you going into business yourself it was just realizing there was a need for your services and taking that first step to start something and with that being said what was the growing pains of your guys's business what were the first couple of months or year like in to get to you where you're at right now where you're flourishing, growing, and expanding? Um, well, you know, maybe to even add to your first question, like for us, it really was kind of this huge leap of faith. You, know, totally. you kind of run some numbers. I don't feel like we had some big sophisticated process to making the decision. There wasn't some big market evaluation. It was just his true working in the field, knowing yeah. that there weren't a lot of fireplace shops, so it wasn't like massive competition. Um, dealing with gas and wood and fire, people aren't going to do that online. They may buy a fireplace online, but they're not going to try to install it. Do you know what I mean? So like we knew it was a niche market that we weren't competing with, with all of that, but then it was this huge leap of faith. And so he quit his job first. It was kind of like, Oh, okay, here we go. And we just kind of ran some basic numbers. Okay. What's going to be our basic overhead? How can we keep it really low? And then how many fireplaces would we have to sell to, compensate for what he had been making okay and then if it does well then i can consider quitting my job and you know so if we look at the first few months i don't think we expect well he 
it was probably five or six months before it just really took off. But we were making enough to to replace what he'd been making. Yeah. COVID hit. There was a state program that went active that same week that kind of just catapulted us. Um, so I don't know. It really was kind of a one of the struggles though was that I was still working my full time job. Yeah. While also trying to do the administrative side and he was even helping, but like trying to get all the quotes out, trying to mm -hmm. schedule all the installs. Um, so I'd say that was a struggle because I was working basically like two jobs for yeah. probably six to nine months. So it took you six to nine months before you fully jumped in yourself, correct? Yeah, and probably six to nine months before I paid myself. We were paying him like just enough, you know? Yeah. We were able to, yeah, I guess if you call it paying him, we were able to replace his income. And then uh -huh. for me, totally. yeah, I worked for nine months before I paid myself a penny. Mm -hmm. Wow. So yeah. <laughs> I, you were pretty much burning the midnight oil for a good minute before you were able to fully dive headfirst in, both of you, which is really yeah. impressive and something that I think business owners and entrepreneurs don't talk about very often where people just look at it from the outside and are like, wow, you were able to quit your job. That's amazing. Congratulations. Good for you. But in the back end, they don't see the 11 midnight, 1 a.m. work you're putting in, typing out on your computer quotes and sending those out. Yeah. People don't see that stuff. And that's what is so cool about a business owner is everyone I've talked to has continually brought up that they made massive, massive sacrifices and leaps of faith to get to where they are today. And so it's really admirable and cool to hear that you went through that exact same process. And so now that you are growing and expanding, what tools have you used to grow your business or what have has been the most effective or efficient way to expand? Do you want to um, so a couple thoughts to that. One was we made this choice early on that we just wanted to have this really simple business. I had come from the corporate world with, mm -hmm. and I had come with a background in sales and project management and I was ready to step out of all that structure. And he was more like, anyway, we had this mentality that we were just going to be this simple little store with yeah. a, a simple little schedule. Um, and it quickly showed us that it wanted to be so much more than that. So that was the first thing is we weren't doing any marketing other than having a wow. Google presence. We weren't, you know what I mean? People were like, oh, do this, do that. And I was like, no, we're good. We're good. Mm -hmm. It did finally kind of after, like, here we are in year three. And it's, okay, now we need some systems and processes. We need a CRM that is mm -hmm. super efficient. We need, you know what I mean? Now it was like, okay, now yeah. we kind of have to grow up and and be a more sophisticated business, if you will. Um, so for, for a little while, you were back at the napkin running the ship, and it was obviously yeah. working, but <laughs> like you just recently dove into CRM and systems and such to really yeah. automate and streamline your business. Yes, exactly. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah. So, oh, go yeah. for it. No, just so, that that's our challenge now. Yeah, now it's, if you're going to grow, doing? you need system and processes, mm -hmm. and that's where we're at now, and that's why we got the CRM, and, yeah. and we're getting a little more sophisticated other than QuickBooks, you know? Yeah. yeah. So you pretty much grew by word of mouth, it sounds like, other than your Google presence. You obviously offered a niche product to the market, 
and people loved it and they started to share your name and brand with others. Is that correct? Or what would you say the percentage of Google presence business and referrals slash word of mouth business was? Um, I would say 70 or 80% probably did come from Google searches. Awesome. Ron was born and raised in Bountiful and been a general contractor. So he did have a lot of contacts. So that it was those contacts that really kind of helped us in the first three to four months. People Mm -hmm. that just knew him, Hey, come do it. You know, it just worked out. But yeah, no, I would still say it's probably 80, 20, 80, 20. Wow. Mm -hmm. Still, I mean, that's amazing. If you can be pulling in 80% of your business from Google and then you're getting 20% of those people to refer you more business, that's a model where you're forced to expand. You are eventually going to get overwhelmed, which it sounds like you're currently in that phase, which is fantastic. I mean, good problem to have. And so with your business now, is the biggest challenge for you getting the labor to complete your projects or the systems or what would you say to a business owner that is on the brink of serious expansion and how to tackle that i you need to i think hire people that are better than you at Mm. at certain things and let them let them do that now we haven't really gone out and tried to actively look for someone i have a couple of people in mind but uh we're gonna we're set to hire another helper whose his background is construction uh as far as fireplaces go he's gonna have to learn that on the fly and that's something we can teach him pretty quick yeah so we're looking at probably having a crew without me which would be nice mm-hmm. and then i could concentrate more on sales and that's okay. where we're that's where we're going short term right now yeah Short term, that's the plan. Long term is hopefully to fully automate where you have a team running those aspects of the business for right. you and yeah. and you can just right. oversee operations and such. Yeah. And then one thing, as far as employees go and family, it's hard to be all family in a business because then yeah. you can't take vacations together. <laughs> oh, and that is hard. You can. You just have to shut yeah. the whole operation. So we we closed for a week last summer and and went on a family vacation. But mm-hmm. um, you need to diversify in the people you hire. Yeah, interesting. Because you're yeah. like we were talking a little bit previous. Oh, sorry. Go for it. Oh, I would concentrate on like diversifying the employees more. <laughs> okay. Yeah. You. So you were saying you were a significant. Well, you are pretty much a family-based business majority. And with that, when a business owner, because I have multiple friends that are in construction or industries where labor is hard to find, at least good, talented labor is hard to find. And the attrition is significant where people come on but then quit. How do you navigate that and how do you try to find um employees what do you look for in an employee to be long-term and really grow with well we like i would uh, ideally have someone that wanted to grow in this industry 
or someone who's already been in it mm -hmm. and, and know what, what they like. Well, and we want to provide an opportunity, like as we interview and as we're talking and looking, um, we want to make sure that we're providing them an amazing opportunity. So mm -hmm. don't just come work for us and be our little peon kind of person. That's, you know what I mean? We want them to have an opportunity yeah. to grow and to help be a leader in our company as well. Because if we can grow the way we want to grow, we're going to need leaders. Totally. You know? And so yeah. people who, yeah, so we're kind of trying to work and put together that type of a package so that when we do get out to market for new employees, that, that they'll be able to see that vision. Mm-hmm. So go over quickly for me, or at least I'm going to paraphrase and then you can fill in the gaps for me, your business model, because for me, my experience with you guys was phenomenal. You guys run your business as if you are the customer's family as well. You're very kind, you're respectable, and you are efficient with what you do. And so from my experience, you pretty much go from the design and idea of a fireplace to also placing the fireplace product and building out the structure of the fireplace. Do you have any type of restrictions or designs that you can or cannot do? What, is, what kind of entails Timber Ridge Fireplace in your, in your business model? Yeah, you know, we, we started out with this I had this thing where Ron is, um, he jack of all trades, like he can do everything. And mm -hmm. I thought, man, I just I want everybody to get to, to get to experience that. Yeah. And he's doing it for someone else. Anyway, I thought if, if people just could have one contractor who would come in and do the whole project and the things we hear in the industry are, you know, people don't show up. They don't, they don't even return a phone call. Like we have a number yeah. of customers, like we're calling subcontractors and people and they won't return calls. If they do, they don't return with a bid. Or if they do return with a bid, they don't show up to do the work. And just taking a lot of pride in being able to say, like, you know, that we got you. Um, so Ron's yeah. background, obviously, being that he's just, I feel like, expert in a number of the construction fields and, and enjoys doing it. It's an art and a craft for him. And then my background was sales and project management. And I did that for 25 years. So I had already come with that. And I thought, well, God, like, that would be a good team if if he can go work his craft and I can take care of the administrative side and the sales side I think we'll do okay so that's really the mentality we started with and I feel like that's really what we're trying to do is provide our customers with something different than what they see in the construction world yeah that people will return phone calls they will answer your questions they'll think of the details for you help you with your design um, we have competition that well, I shouldn't say come. Just others in the industry. Like their objective is to go out, put in a fireplace, connect a gas line, hook up your venting, and go. They don't do any framing. They don't do any. They, okay. We literally went into a house. It just was sitting on the floor with no framing, no wall, and the customer's like, "Will you finish it?" Yeah. So no way. Everybody. Yeah, and that's what they do. But you know, their goal, and I shouldn't speak for them. This is my perception of their goal. How many mm -hmm. fireplaces can we install? And then they also don't have to hire skilled labor. They can just yeah. hire installers, get them certified to do gas, get them in and out, and they make more money. And gotcha. our feeling was it's not about making a ton of money. We've never said we need a ton of money to be happy. It was how do we provide a service? And yeah. how do we feel good and find satisfaction in the end result? 
So that's mm-hmm. been our thing. And I think some look at us and think, you guys are kind of crazy because it is harder. It is harder to manage yeah. a whole project and it's not as profitable by any means. People mm-hmm. probably think like, oh, that's a lot of money for that finished work. But that's not where we make our money. That's the service side. Yeah. 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 So, so the, the amazing part about all of this is I went through the exact process you just described as a customer. I I was getting bids, I was looking pretty much everywhere, and for somebody to build a fireplace, it didn't exist like You're at right. all. It was it was very hard to find somebody that would do majority of the work to have a fireplace, to frame the fireplace, to either sheetrock or drywall or plywood, all of that. Nobody would do it. And and so we were looking all over the place and you guys finally were like, yeah, we're, we're here to have your back and do all of it. We'll connect you to the people that can take you from a blank wall to a finished product and you delivered, which is fantastic. I, uh, I'm going to ask a controversial question now, potentially. What's it like and how have you navigated a husband-wife business relationship? How have you felt like that has... Um, I need to speak lightly, <laughs> affected you guys or um, your business? Well, I can start. <laughs> Go for it. Um, I've been in the construction industry, you know, since 1998. And huh? I've never had, Lisa and I have been married for seven years. Uh-huh. Prior to that, I've, I've never had a partner in business, right? So yep. when I was in a general contractor, I would do my own bids. I would do my own billing. I would. I was running all over. I was burning candles at both ends. Yeah. The most important thing I can tell people now, since I've experienced, is find somebody that to do the things you don't want to do or you're not good at, and concentrate on what you're good at, and and have someone else do what you don't like. And so, it was a perfect match with her to have her manage the things that I don't have time for and I don't like to do. That's and awesome. That's the biggest difference. As far as being being husband and wife, yeah, you never punch out, really. Yeah. Say, when we're doing the whole tax right off your home in your office, we'll just write off the whole bedroom because you lay in bed <laughs> at 10, 11, 12 at night, you wake up at 6 a.m., and you're discussing yep. job details the entire time. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. We're always like, oh, yeah, we're turning that off. So we're so, trying to get better at that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But as far as any conflict or whatever, nothing at all. I mean, it's been yeah. It's been good. Yeah. I mean, I, I we feel have a incredibly partner. blessed. I will yeah. tell you that. We're both like, we look at each other all the time and go, wow, did we really just do this? And yeah. It's been fun to do together. And I've, I've prior to, Prior to being a general contractor, I worked in the corporate world for 20 years mm. and always wanted to get out. And I say, anybody who wants to start a business, just do it. I mean, there's so much benefit to owning your own company and the tax write-offs, the the things that you pay for already, like your vehicles, that's a write-off, right? So yep. your business pays for all that. Before, you're paying for it all with your wages. It's just not... Just get out of the rat race, yep. and find that find that business that you love. Find a business that 
is needed and go for it because it, it, I can't I, I'm 60 years old I, I and the lights just come on for me after starting this business yeah. it's like it, it's too late so <laughs> hey, I don't yeah, know about that I still got another 10 years in me hopefully for but, sure um, Hence the reason we need to find those but next people not, to come help work in our company, right? <laughs> but start, exactly. start early. Cause I, I can't stress that enough. Get going. Yeah. I mean, don't work for the man. Yeah. I, I, um, I love talking. And the reason I brought up the prior question is because I get myself in trouble with my wife all the time where business is the only thing I do talk about. And she's not a part of my company, but she is. And, and that's yeah. the cool part about being a business owner is regardless if you work with your companion, they are 100% your business partner, even if they're not in the operations of the day-to-day -day stuff. And so kind of transitioning into a different subject, for those like you were just talking about that are wanting to start a business, it doesn't have to be something crazy. I think a lot of people are like, okay, I would love to start a business, but I just don't know what to do. That's too overwhelming. And realistically, to set up a business where you can have write-offs and such, you literally can hop on your computer, become an LLC, and poof, you're now business. And you can start selling a service or product or whatever it may be. It's so much easier than people think. You just have to take that step. Just like yeah, in the beginning yeah. where you said you went and talked to a distributor, you already obviously had experience in running businesses and operations and things like that. But all of those people out there that are thinking, man, I need to get out of this rat race, you truly just have to take that first step. And all of the other parts are easy to fill in. You can pretty much figure it out all online. Obviously, it's a journey from there, but... Um, for you guys and your business and operation operations and such, what would you bullet point are a couple of things for somebody wanting to start a business to do in the very beginning to set yourself up for success? I would say, yeah, like we we formed our LLC in like a night, and, yeah, and then we formed a DBA. We had an accountant, but yeah, yeah, we have a got it all out. Yeah, the CPA is good to have, and mm -hmm. they, it sounds like CPAs are real expensive. They're really not, no, because they they pay for themselves like significantly. Time to file your taxes. Well, he <laughs> yes. knew what he was doing, and he yeah. did it so fast. It was okay. There's your LLC. There's your DBA. There's yeah. your yeah. website. There's your. I mean, like within an hour or two, he had us like legit. It was crazy how fast. Yeah. We still had to go get a couple licenses and wait upon uh -huh. a few things, but, but yeah, but it was really just move forward, just get started and go do it. Yeah. 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 So for you guys, really the, the tips and tricks, it sounds like, which I love is just cutting through the fluff and the kind of hysteria of can I actually do this and just actually doing it just saying I'm going to do this tonight I'm going to sit down I'm going to form an LLC because majority of the people on this planet without a doubt have an idea that they would love to chase they have an idea in their head of like man it would be so cool if I started to sell my art or started to um, 
provide a dirt bike training program i don't know like this is just random stuff that comes to my head there's it's endless everybody has an idea like that it's just people hold themselves back because they don't think it's possible when in reality it's so easy to do and set up you just have to take those first steps and so to finish this episode and to pretty much put the icing on the cake what um in your business would you say can grow a company faster than anything else what would you say is the key to your guys' success so far well i have two answers one is i think we both came with a lot of experience okay like he was already the master of his trade i mm-hmm. had come with a lot of like I said, sales and project management. I did not come with experience in running a company. So I've had a lot to learn, but I think just the grit of, we were both incredibly hard workers. We both, we just, we both work hard. We have our whole lives. So good work ethic was already there. Mm -hmm. The other part, and this may sound cheesy to some, but honestly, I just felt like it was God's blessing. I don't know. Mike, I I don't think we could have predicted or like that it was really so much everything we did. I just felt like, I mean, who could have predicted the timing of COVID and that the state was going to give out these vouchers? We knew the state gave out vouchers and they would Mm -hmm. give out 25 25 of them at a time to people who would convert from wood to gas. Yeah. So they would give them like $3,000 toward a fireplace. Well, they gave out over 100 of them that day that COVID lockdown happened. And that was pretty much like a month after we opened our doors. And so while everybody else was at home, Sitting in their lockdown, we're like, well, can we come over and do a site visit? Yeah. And so we we just hit the ground running. We never took a breath during that whole COVID shutdown. We were working our tails off. And I'm like, could we have planned that? I feel like that was just a blessing, you know? Totally. Yeah, as, far as, the, as far as the state vouchers go, it was put on by the Department of Air Quality. Mm-hmm. Mm. And we had, our, we had our certifications in line. You have to be a certified. That's true. And... Uh, national fire safety okay so we already had our certification which was one of the hardest certifications to get mm-hmm. I, i've got an hvac license and i have a general contractor's license the nfi certification was the hardest but that set us up for being a, a dealer for the department of air quality for the wow. state of so that was that i mean you gotta have your certifications and, and what yeah. we do, there's a lot of things you can do where you don't need certifications, but but that was that was a a big deal. To totally. Have we're still like if if you go on, we're probably four or five other dealers can even qualify to participate in the Department of Air Quality Change wow. Out program. So that was that was. So the timing and everything was just crazy. I mean, to summarize, it sounds like. I always say this, you work hard and you get blessed. You you have to put the work first, and if you work hard, you're going to get blessed. And so you paired that with not cutting corners because you could have been like, we're going to jump in and we'll figure out that certification later and we're just going to go for it. But you got that certification and it was perfect timing for you to be able to capitalize on the opportunities that were placed in your lap. And so for those and this is great advice as well for those wanting to start a business don't jump headfirst in um and do it wrong 
jump headfirst in and do it, but make sure you take the correct and right steps to do so. So you can set yourself up for success, not get yourself in trouble as being a business owner. And so I, uh, I really appreciate you guys being on the episode today. It was fantastic hearing about your story, hearing about your tips and business and the growth of that you're experiencing. And for anyone that listens to this, if you are really good at installing fireplaces, <laughs> let me know <laughs> so we can connect you guys. But um, we'll see you on the next episode. Thanks so much for joining us on the Everyday Entrepreneur. Yeah.